0: Welcome to the Daily VFN Radio Highlights, where we're keeping the conversation light at vfntv.com. Enjoy. Back in 2015, May 2015, a two-star, a two-star major general, Craig Olson, got up to speak, and he talked about his faith and, and his uh, prayer life, and he was threatened reportedly for a court-martial for bringing up his, his relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's take a look. Let's go back and look at the program that we talked about it. And then we'll say, show you what's taking place today under President Donald Trump. You know, Air Force Major General Craig Olson at the National Day of Prayer. We couldn't say it any better. He's over a $10, I think a $10 billion budget, something of that nature. You'll hear him talk about it, how he dedicates and, and credits God for everything. And he's under attack by certain groups who are saying that this general shouldn't have been able to pray and talk like that. Well, today we're gonna to dedicate most of our program so you can hear uh, Air Force Major General Craig Olson on the National Day of Prayer. As a matter of fact, take a look, let's join them here. The, the video is not that high quality, but you're gonna be able to see him.
1: God put me in positions in the church, in the Boy Scouts, in sporting uh, activities, all positions to do uh, because he called me to, but I wasn't gifted or able to do. And each of them was more of a chance to depend on Christ so that's why this this picture here i've been staring at it last night and staring at it in the morning because what's that man doing he's on his knees bowed before god has anybody seen we have talked about uh, george washington today a painting of him with his horse on his knees bowed before god Who has seen that that is just emblazoned here a military general on his knees before god dependent on God. And so God has given me these experiences to drive me further and further um, beneath, before God, in position. I mean, early in my walk with God, pray as you're walking around, you know, pray at the dinner table, bow your head, sure. But uh, God put certain messages in my life and speakers in my life that taught me more specific things about prayer. One was at a Promise Keeper's Convention. A speaker, I think his name was Jack Hayford, he said he had trouble getting up in the morning with a good attitude. The you know, alarm would go off and he'd be mad, ah, I don't want to get up. You know, and, um, and he said, well, that's not the right way to approach my day for God, so what am I going to do? Uh, I'll tell you what, God's going to, when the alarm goes off, I'm going to roll out of bed and fall on my knees. So the first position of the day is on my knees before God. And he said as soon as he started doing that, his attitude tended to change. I'm before God, he's given me another day to live. I need to live it for him. I'm pretty excited about that. The day I heard that, I started the very next day. Every time the alarm goes off, I'm gonna fall on my knees and I think it's been 20 years, I've been doing the same thing. So God gave me that picture. God gave me another uh, now retired major general. When I was uh, struggling with very difficult jobs that I knew I couldn't do on my own, Uh, He went through a time of testing in his life when he lived in Colorado, and God put him prostrate before the Rocky Mountains. And you gentlemen know what they look like. Many of you know what they look like. They humble you because of the the creator, the power of the creator. So he would get flat on his, his belly, prostrate before God every day, facing the Rocky Mountains. That was a very powerful picture in my head in my heart. So I found myself doing that many times a day and during week, closing the door of the office or finding some closet somewhere where I can get that way because I just need to. And I'll stop many times a day to pause in prayer for that next meeting, that next phone call, that next decision. So yes, you can pray like it's breathing, has been said today. But the position of that prayer really matters a lot to me.
0: You just heard Major Craig Olson of the United mm. States Air Force, an amazing, 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 amazing. Christian general. And uh, we're going to talk about more when we get back from the break. But believe it or not, ac- according to the the Air Force, ac- uh, the Air Force, so we have time before the break. Okay. According to this article in the Air Force Times, John, Mm-hmm. Uh, the Military uh, Religious Freedom Foundation uh, calls uh, Olson's statement that you just heard unforgivable crimes and transgressions, and calls for the Air Force to court-martial him. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're called. This is this is according to Air Force Times.
1: See that again? They're calls it's, for. It's
0: this what a, it's just according to the Air Force Times. Olson you know, understand. He fought for the right to do that. That's why he yes. actually, he and all of our soldiers fought for the freedom of the U.S. Constitution. So this is, this is the according to the Air Force Times, Olson is now under fire for those particular comments that we just heard, which were awesome comments. You can live yes. by that entire yes. 23 minutes, and there, uh, the the military religious. Mm. Freedom Foundation. Think about the religious freedom. Right. Freedom front. They're going to Right. the military religious freedom foundation called for Olson's uh, statement. He said they said that his statement was unforgivable crimes and transgressions is what they called it. And they're calling for Air Force to court martial him for that. I mean, it's it's unheard of. It's it, if, if you're if we're operating constitutionally and legally, that w- that won't happen.
1: So he can, he can defend our freedom, but he just can't, can't have operate. Any he, can't he can't have, have any have freedom. freedom. Wow. And
0: and 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 Mickey uh, Mickey Weinstein, who is the head of that foundation, mm-hmm. said that Olson's speech is a brutal. That speech we just heard, The awesome. The one we just yeah. giving praise to yeah. God, gratitude, well, appreciation, honor. I think it was like Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. I heard a speech that's so encouraging, yeah. right? Something mm-hmm. like that. And uh, but Mickey Weinstein, who is the head of that foundation. Mm-hmm. Uh, said olson 's speech is brutally is a brutal disgrace to the very uniform he is wearing and the solemn oath that he took to support and defend the United States constitution wow amazing what's happening to us? This is so exciting when you 're about to hear what's happening. Listen, that particular uh, two star major, though he was being threatened in two thousand and fifteen, we have a new president. this is a new day and he was at the National Prayer Conference, President Donald Trump was, and you're about to hear the chaplain of the Senate, Rear Admiral Barry Black, he's retired as a a Rear Admiral, but he is the present day Senate chaplain, deliver a message sold out to Jesus Christ. And so the Lord heard that major, even though they threatened to court-martial him, guess what, Uh, we have a new president in town and you can preach Jesus all you want to. Well that was tragic what we are talking about, that that is Major General, two star Mm -hmm. Major General Olson, who was threatened when he shared his faith in the Lord? Yep. Uh, and so that happened so much in the last administration. It was it was just unbelievable. But of course, that former president said that we're no longer a Christian nation. Wrong. Mm-hmm. We're not. God, the Creator, said yes. we are. And look what happened. Now this is our current president. I want you to see the contrast of what we talked about in 2015 and what he he was confronted with, and now our our brand new president, mm-hmm. President. Donald Trump is at the prayer breakfast. He just spoke, if you saw in our previous program, you heard him Him and Mark Burnett yeah. talk. But uh, he is preaching this message. Uh, Rear Admiral uh, Barry Black, he is the Senate chaplain. He is preaching this mes- message in the present, in the presence of our president. In other words, whatever that was is gone. Dude, no A new longer. day has come. And that's why we want to be able to deliver his whole message to you So you can celebrate and realize this is going over all the congressmen, all the senators, all the the president, his staff and cabinet, uh, the new secretary of state's there. And they're hearing this message of the gospel, powerful message. So this is the answer to your prayer. You prayed that God would hear. He heard. And look at the message that went forth from Washington, D.C. This is the Senate chaplain, uh, retired rear admiral Barry Black. He's been there for eight years, I believe. And, of course, President Trump said, I want him to stay around. Listen up.
2: President Trump, Vice President Pence, heads of state, members of Congress, speakers of parliament, visiting clergy, my father's children. As I listened to that beautiful rendition of I can only imagine. I found myself distracted from imagining that one day I could sing like that. The Bible says thou shalt not covet and you have caused me to transgress the law of God today. I don't get upset with people who sing well. I wish, however, they didn't make it look so easy. (laughs) I want to talk about making your voice heard in heaven. As has already been stated, our lawmakers get together each week for a prayer breakfast. One of the things that really inspires me about that prayer breakfast is the closing prayer. When they stand and join hands and they pray together. To see Republican, Democrat, Independent, praying together, I find myself thinking, where are the C-SPAN cameras when you need them? Eh? One senator observed, as some of you may have heard, it's difficult to pray like that and then leave that room and go to the upper chamber and figuratively stab one of your colleagues in the back. The senator quickly added, it's not impossible, (laughs) but it is difficult. Fewer of you may know that The next day, in one of the hideaways, senators from both sides of the aisle meet for a Bible study. The Bible study begins and ends with a prayer. Again, both sides of the aisle praying with and for one another. Some of you may not know that every Wednesday, the chiefs of staff get together for a Bible study that begins and ends with a prayer. Some of you may not know that every Friday more than a hundred staffers, Capitol Police officers, janitors, waiters, waitresses come together for a Bible study. And that Bible study begins and ends with a prayer. Paul had it right in Philippians 4.22, there are saints in Caesar's household. And I am encouraged by the robust spirituality of so many who work on Capitol Hill. We have senators who are under the radar but ordained ministers. I won't out any of them right at this time. We also have senators whose spirituality dwarfs my own. And so we need to come together and realize that when we pray, we are making our voice our voices heard in heaven. I believe they gather because of that. Now we work at making our voices heard on earth. We march, we lift placards, we're involved in social media, we blog, we've got LinkedIn and we've got Google and YouTube and all the ways that we try to make our voices heard on earth. But when I see a group of people of faith of this size, I get an adrenaline rush because I know that where two or three are gathered together in God's name, he is there in the midst. So what happens when we get this many people gathered together in his name? I feel the palpable presence of God In this place, and far more important than letting our voices be heard on earth is the opportunity to make our voices heard in heaven. Now, I know that there are those who say that the efficacy of prayer does not go beyond the interior life of the intercessor. Prayer doesn't change anything. But I agree with Tennyson that more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. I also believe that when we pray, humanity cooperates with divinity. My friends, there are things we will never get except by request only. There are blessings that hang on silken cords that we will never receive except by request only. James chapter 4 verse 2 says, you have not because you ask not. In Mark chapter six, Jesus went to his hometown, and Jesus had already said a prophet has honor everywhere except in his own in his hometown. He got there, and the people were skeptical. They said, "Isn't this the, the isn't this the carpenter's son? Where did he get this wisdom and those so-called mighty works?" And one of the most startling Bible verses I know, Mark chapter 6, verse 6 says, And Jesus could not do many mighty works there in his hometown because of their unbelief. Not would not, could not do many mighty works because of their unbelief. In Matthew chapter 17, the disciples made an abortive attempt to cast out a demon from a boy. They were unsuccessful, of course. And When they got Jesus privately, got him uh, somewhere privately, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out the demons? And Jesus said in Matthew 17, 20, because of your unbelief. Because if you had faith, the size of the grain of a mustard seed, you would be able, praise God, to move mountains. My friends, when we make our voices heard in heaven, it makes a palpable difference. So how do we do it? Mr. President, you may be familiar with this scripture because it was read at your inauguration, but it is so spot on. First Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 4, New Living Translation. I urge you, said the tent maker from Tarsus to his protege, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them. We need to pray for everyone, all people. Whether they read the Bhagavad Gita, whether they read the Tao Te Ching, whether they read the Holy Quran, we need to pray for all people. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants, hear this, who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. Praise God. What a word for those who want to make their voices heard in heaven. So how do we do this? First of all, we pray from a sense of need. I used to have about 45 seconds worth of prayer material. Until I became a parent. My son is here today. Then you got plenty of prayer material. Praise God. You pray out of a sense of need. My friends, God wants us to pray when we need him. Even as a parent wants to be with a child who needs him or her. The Bible says in the 50th Psalm, verse 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. In Philippians 4, 6 and 7, the Bible says, have no anxiety about anything, but pray about everything with thanksgiving. We pray out of a sense of need. Once an international bestseller, Bruce Wilkinson's book, The Prayer of Jabez. What a wonderful story. First Chronicles chapter 4, 9 and 10. The Bible says of this Jabez fellow who prayed a powerful prayer. He made his voice heard in heaven. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother named him Jabez because she said, I bore him with sorrow. Now imagine having your given name sorrowful. Imagine being introduced. You know, Senator, I'd like you to meet Chaplain Sorrowful Black. I mean, imagine the pushback that you would get. Ladies and gentlemen, our speaker, Sorrowful Black. I mean, it it, it just said, and Jabez says, verse 10, praise God, called upon the sovereign God out of a sense of need. He said, I love this prayer. He said, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Because every blessing is not a blessing indeed. In, in South Carolina, where my mother uh, came from and grew up, they used to talk about a show-nuff blessing. That's a blessing <laughs> indeed. I hope the translators won't have a problem with that, but we'll, <laughs> we'll help you out. Right? And, and Jabez said, Jabez says, I want you to enlarge my territory. You see, you have not because you ask not. And then I love it. He says, I want you to keep your hand on me. Oh, my friends, just to have God's hand on us, we ought to pray that God's hand will be on our president. I was talking with the vice president backstage, and I said, I'm praying that the hand of God will be on you. Ezekiel 37 says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. We need people who govern, who have the hand of God on them.
0: This is so powerful. Think about that. From the beginning, the two-star general that was being threatened for court-martial for talking about his prayer life to our new president, President Donald Trump, who's sitting Mm -hmm. at his right hand, at the chaplain of the Senate's right hand, which he's also a retired rear admiral for the United States Navy, preaching the gospel. Yeah. And it's so exciting. We're going to continue with that. There's still more. We want to celebrate it. we were so shocked in May of 2015, as you saw, that, that our own president was yeah. threatening, his crew was threatening to a court-martial, a major, who was responsible for so many things for just talking about it, that he praised. A two-star general. A two-star general, over $10 billion, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, but listen, it's changed. There's a new sheriff in town. Yes. He has a new sheriff in town. New, a new um, president, and I'm so excited. And this is a great message. Like, I am so excited about this day. When we were seeing a chaplain, yes. and we're going to continue his, his, what he said, and understand the, understand the president's right there at his right hand. Yes. And he, after he spoke, I mean, we heard the president on an earlier program speak, but after he spoke, the president's like, "We want to keep yes. him around. I like that message." And. Mark Brunette, the the founder of uh, Survivor. Survivor the and the Apprentice, you know, they in, in the Bible series yes. and if, I'm at angel, you know, with his wife. With Roma his, Downey. Roma Downey. I mean, he's got all these names. All right, do <laughs> It's amazing. People yeah. go to the National Prayer Breakfast and you think like, hey, I want to take a couple of minutes, share right. a prayer for America and the present. He's just like, I'm just going to boldly proclaim the gospel and just be bold. And, it's yeah. just, and everybody is yeah. lo- awesome. And the King of Jordan was there. And one of the yes. prophetic words that you're going to be hearing from Pastor John Kilpatrick of Church of His Presence that God woke him at the midnight hour to tell him mm. is that Jordan is going to become a sanctioned sanctuary city or sanctuary, sanctuary nation. Sanctuary nation. It's perfectly set up, and here he is, here he is right here. This is a pretty cool king. This yes. king is, but he, he's already taking people in. But it's more than he can handle. But I can see Egypt and Israel and the King of Jordan and America and working together mm-hmm. to be able to provide resources, and maybe that's going to be where, you know, um, uh, the uh, safe zones will be established in Jordan. We'll have more about that word. But this is so exciting. So this is being delivered in the current the, in the face of our, our, our whole legislature that's there. You know, they come together, the national mm-hmm. purpose of the world. And of course, cranking out through VFN TV. And it's so important because remember the beginning of this program that that the previous president was saying, his people were saying, we're going to court-martial this man for bringing Jesus up and even praying. And now this president is saying, let it rip. We want this man around for a long time. Let's go back. This is Rear Admiral Black. He is the Senate chaplain, and he's delivering the message at the National Prayer Prayer Breakfast that just happened. Let's take a
1: look.
2: And then he said, I want you to keep me from evil that it will not grieve me. My friends, God is no respecter of persons. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. If he did it for Jabez, he will do it for you and he will do it for me. So pray out of a sense of need. Secondly, pray with intimacy. Jesus said to his disciples in John 15, 16, I no longer call you servants, I call you my friends. God wants a relationship with us. Jesus said again in his wonderful intercessory prayer in John chapter 17, verse 1 says, he lifted his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also might glorify you As you have given him power to give to as many as would receive him eternal life. And verse 3 of John 17, this is life eternal. That they might know you, Abba, Daddy, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. My oldest son is in the audience And one of my pet peeves is he calls, and when he calls, he says, hello, dad, this is Barry. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've got call, and he's gotta identify himself. If I get a call that says, hello, darling, I should not respond, who is this? God wants an intimacy with us. And so, in my tradition, we sing a hymn that I love. I come to the garden alone. Someone knows this hymn. While the dew is still on the roses and the voice I hear falling on my ears, the son of God discloses and he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me, Barry, you belong to me and the joy we share as we tarry there, none other has ever known. Pray with intimacy. Pray like Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter 1 when she wanted that baby. She prayed with such specificity and such intimacy and such fervency that Eli the priest thought she was inebriated. We need to pray with that passion and fervor. Finally, pray for those who govern. Praise the Lord. Pray for those who govern. Pray this way for kings and for all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. We fasted and prayed for months during the presidential election, the presidential primary. We fasted and prayed, hundreds of us, on Capitol Hill that the will of God might be done. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. Newsflash, God, God is smarter than we are. I, I know that startles some of you. One of the most startling verses in the Bible for me is Daniel chapter 1, verse 1. It says, and God gave Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, good guy, into the hands of, delivered him into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. Now you remember brother Nebuchadnezzar was the guy who said to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, heat the furnace seven times hotter than it is right now. God delivered Jehoiakim into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. Now, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He couldn't remember the dream. And he said, since you wise men can't remember the dream, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill you and kill the members of your family and make your homes dunghills. And Daniel and his friends stepped forward. You remember Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and a bad Negro. Okay? They got together. That's right. There are African-Americans in the old, yeah. Now some of you will get that on the way home. But anyhow, eh? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I just want to make sure you're still with me, okay? And they prayed for King Nebuchadnezzar, whom Jeremiah 27, 6, God calls Nebuchadnezzar, my servant, Nebuchadnezzar. Proverbs 21, 1 says, the heart of the king is in God's hand, and he turns it any way he desires. He gave Pharaoh a dream of fat cows and thin cows in order to make Egypt the breadbasket of the world. And Daniel walked out to Nebuchadnezzar and said, we've been praying for you. God has given us What you dreamed and the interpretation of the dream. We must pray for those who govern. And make our voices heard in heaven. I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. In fact, I grew up in Freddie Gray's neighborhood. You remember that. My mother had a fourth grade education, the daughter of a sharecropper, an activity that Martin King called a new form of slavery covered up with certain niceties of complexity. So I grew up about 30 miles from Washington, D.C. I did not shake hands with a white person until I was 16 years old, okay, no white people, In my church, no white people in my neighborhood, no white people in my school. My mother motivated my siblings and me to study the word of God. She provided us with a monetary incentive, five cents for every verse you memorized. So if you would enter our domicile, you would find my siblings and me searching the word of God for short Bible verses. I know every short Bible verse in the book, okay? My favorite Bible verse is not John 3.16, it is John 11.35, Jesus wept. Powerful verse, powerful verse. I love Luke 17.32, remember Lot's wife, powerful verse, powerful verse. First Thessalonians 5 is a treasure trope, quench not the spirit, rejoice evermore. In everything, give thanks. Despise not prophesying. In fact, I was was doing my riff on 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and my mother put me on a flat rate. She said, hold it, hold it, (laughs) hold it. I don't care how much you memorize, you're only going to get a quarter, okay? All right. But my mother knew what she was doing. One day, I memorized 1 Peter 1, 18 and... 19, I was only 10 years of age. It says, and we are redeemed not with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And even at 10, I had sufficient analytical skills to know that the value of an object is based upon the price Someone is willing to pay. And when it dawned on me, little little guy in the inner city, that God sent what John 3 calls in the Greek, the monogenes, the only one of its kind, his only begotten son to die for me. No one was ever able to make me feel inferior again. Moreover, I, just, I said, I got to get to know this man who died for me. So now it was not just for the nickels that I started reading the word. It was to try to find this man. And, and as I searched the scriptures, I, I, it was like a, a, a Zeffirelli movie with the man with no name. I, I, I kept finding him in, in Genesis. He's Shiloh. In Exodus, he's the I am. In Numbers, he's the star and scepter. In Deuteronomy, he's the rock. In 1 Samuel, he's the Lord of hosts. In Job, he is the redeemer. In Psalms, he is the great shepherd. In Proverbs, he is the beloved. I kept running into that man. And Isaiah, he's wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And Daniel, he's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. In Micah, he is the one who's going forth of old, is from everlasting to everlasting. In Zechariah, he is the branch. In Malachi, he is the messenger of the covenant. Matthew calls him Savior. Mark calls him Son of Man. Luke calls him the Great Physician. John. Calls him the word made flesh. Acts says he is the one who will mobilize us to witness. Philippians says God has exalted him so that at his name every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. First Thessalonians says he is the one who will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and jude says he's able to keep me without stumbling or slipping and present me without fault without blemish before the presence of his glory with unspeakable ecstatic delight in triumphant joy and exultation and john said I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, on that isle of Patmos in the Aegean Sea. I saw him high and lifted up. He is Alpha, he's Omega, he is beginning, he is ending. And so because I kept meeting that man, my hope does not rest in the various branches of government executive legislative or judicial my hope does not rest in the alliances that we build my testimony is simply this my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus's blood and righteousness I dare not trust the sweetest flame but wholly lean on Jesus's name On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. All of the ground is sinking sand. God bless you.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Praise God. That is
0: the new word being released over (laughs) Washington, D.C. As you can see, it is a new leadership. It is a new, as a matter of fact, if you're wondering, because our president was right there, President Donald Trump, was right there. You remember a couple of presidencies ago, Dr. Ben Carson came and he mm. gave a speech about Jesus Christ, and this stirred everybody up. Well, look what's happening now. Mm. He just nailed it. So the question is, what do you think that President Donald Trump thought of that speech, that that message, that gospel message? Well, let's just take a look. Take a look now.
1: Thank you as well to Senate Chaplain Barry Black for his moving words. And I don't know, Chaplain, whether or not that's an appointed position. Is that an appointed position? I don't even know if you're a Democrat or if you're a Republican, but I'm appointing you for another year. <laughs> and I think it's not even my appointment, it's the Senate's appointment, but we'll talk to them. You're very, you're, your son is here. Your job is very, very secure, okay? <laughs> Thank you, Barry. Appreciate it very much.
0: Obviously, he was so excited about yes. it. He was—he thought he could actually tell the Senate, "You can go ahead and keep him yep. for, for, the, for the." He's been there eight years. It, this was an exciting program because we were saddened back in May of 2015, yes. but excited to see all the unfolding of what it means when God's set man gets put into a particular yeah. place. And here's President Donald Trump right there. and You heard what he had to say about it, and you hear that kind of message going forth yes. from the Capitol. But what we discovered while we we're listening to his voice and hearing him, he. Was a narrator in, in the movie Monumental that Kirk Cameron created, talking about yeah. the journey of the pilgrims and how America birthed and the biblical foundation of America. And you see this story and you see the connection of, like, oh my goodness, he was part he, of that. So he, meaning this, the Senate chaplain, Barry mm-hmm. Black, actually was the one that said that then that particular movie was about, we got to get this thing is parallel to major persecution. We got to get back yeah. to our foundations of faith and now he's the one that is the is ministering to all the, he's the one that holds the prayer meetings mm. with the different uh, Republican and Democratic senators and congressmen, President. and they come together. And Cabinet it's, members. It's, he's over that, that's what he does. Beautiful. And the president's going, we want him to stay around <laughs> for a long time. These are exciting days, these yes. are answers to prayers. That is Washington DC talking about Jesus unapologetically, and it's just so, so very exciting. I wanna encourage you, make sure that you connect with us and partner with us, so we can actually get you that free gift. You know, faith mindsets will change your mm-hmm. destiny. We've got to get in the line with what God is doing in the world. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. But I want to be able to pray for you right now. I just want to ask you also to pray for us. We we love hearing from you. You're writing to us and calling us. But we want to pray that the Lord bless you right now, Father God. We just thank you, Father God, for our audience. We thank you, Lord. That we right now we know that you are present with them, Lord. You are in all places at all times. You are omnipresent. And you're omnipotent, all knowing, Father God, you know their needs and where they are right now. I pray that each and every one of their needs would be met, Lord, that they would be inspired and encouraged for the direction of our nation and where you have taken it, Father God, and, and that they would be a part of it, God. And we ask you, Lord, as this chief justice is getting in place, God, that you would send the angel justice to go with him to make sure that he gets approved, gets on the bench, and that you end abortion in this nation, send revival, send a third great awakening, we pray. In Jesus' name. God bless. You've just been listening to the highlights from VFN TV and the data radio program, where we're keeping the conversation light, listen or watch more programs and check out the VFN torch at VFNTV.com. Don't forget about our VFN TV app, where no matter where you are, you can take the light with you and share it with your friends. We want to thank our sponsors and partners who make this program possible. Take the time and support our sponsors. You can locate them at vfntv.com and select sponsors. If you'd like to become a sponsor or a partner, you can do so at vfntv.com. VFNTV and the daily radio program where we're keeping the conversation light.